Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sorry, I just had to double check. Yeah, you, uh, sorry, I had to double check the faders were up. I thought you were leaving me high and dry. <laughs> so you, you just dove out of frame. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> sorry, to peel back the curtain somewhat there, everyone, because that held on the support wrestle talk thing for quite some time. I uh, th- I saw the countdown going. I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm all ready to go." Me and Dan have already had a bit of a, a brief a discussion, a pre- bit of prep work, and then just as the one came up, I was like, "Did I lift the faders on the on the mixer before?" But didn't say a word. <laughs> just exited frame, and I'm like, "Wait, what? I don't. What do I do?" So I just, the anchor. Jumped, just jumped up to, oh no, it's okay. And then I hit my leg on the you desk did. on the way. It was back. a bit of a nightmare on the way back, wasn't it? You really, you've been through it already. I have indeed. But welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast review of Monday Night Raw. Please do press the subscribe button for more great content like this. Press the thumbs up button, please. That massively helps us. Massively helps us. Massively, really massively helps. Massively helps us with the algorithm and whatnot. Mm. And please do get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Thank you once again to Professor Dan Layton for joining us Hello. for today's show. And of course, I'm Luke Owen, D-A-D. And we're going to be talking openly about here. Yes, everyone's botchamania. Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, we're going to be talking today openly about, to open, the AJ Styles mm. Judgment Day story. We're not going to talk privately about it. We're going to openly talk about it. Well, I mean, I could shut the mics off. Don't, don't, <laughs> I mean, well, you, I don't want you to break your other leg. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to. I can do it from here. I, yeah. Have you got the fact? Bad content. <laughs> that is just bad content. Genuinely bad content yeah. for a second there. <laughs> but shows that I have got mm. the power. Um, yeah, so AJ Styles last week had uh, an interaction with Finn Balor yeah. backstage mm. where Finn Balor essentially said, you're a loser. Do you yes. fancy joining our club of losers? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say come be a winner with us because they can't back that up <laughs> they're like come be a loser with us in the judgment day yeah we run monday night raw yeah and i'll give credit to triple h all 
the live long day for this. Mm. He has made Judgment Day feel like an actual faction, mm. feel like an actual group, feel like actual purpose. And when they say things like, we run Monday Night Raw, don't believe them. No. But it feels like it could be. It feels like they believe it. They believe yeah. it. And that kind of like adds some credence. And you know, you've seen what's happened with Dominic. Mm. And he's being dommed all over the show by, yeah. by his mum or yeah. dad, his depending mummy. on which, mummy promo he, which promo he's doing this week. Mummers and the puppets. And he... Like it's, it feels like it's elevated his stock. Yeah, and it's they, they keep taking out Edge. They feel like they're all right. Yeah, it's interesting because like when when they lost a clash, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's it. I, I sort of started to feel like what Triple H decided to do was like wrap up the Judgment Day, make them a laughing stock because we already thought they were a laughing stock, and then they can go about that way, and he'll just do his Triple H thing with all the various people. But he has started to turn it round. There is, there is. I still very much feel like I don't understand the purpose. And during the show, <laughs> in fact, during the the match uh, with Riddle, Corey Graves was stating that they they're like they're taking over and they're doing this, and that's why they're getting it. And I was like, they haven't stated what they're doing. They just joined together. They seem to be a team who have a shared love of black and purple, mm. and that's their entire raison d'être. Um, but like you say, it feels like they believe what they're doing enough that if they have more segments like the the main event and the, the closing moments of this show, I'll start to buy into them. I'm still on the fence mm-hmm. for the Judgment Day. They're still spooky jobbers, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> spooky jobbers. But we'll see. They're the Dark Order toy 2.0. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if that. They're like, they're, they're like the, the tribute band to the Dark Order. <laughs> The sort of the the sort of like dusk order. Yeah, yeah. I also appreciate your use of French. Um, oh well, you know. Yeah. Although I do think using French terms is passe. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I I and I, I was quite intrigued by last week. Obviously, Finn and AJ have got shared history yeah. um, outside of the world of WWE, which actually. WWE themselves are starting to acknowledge. Well, I was like about to say that. Name yeah. dropping things like PWG on, on episodes of SmackDown. This is what's and interesting stuff. because we, we always had it was interesting to have Finn Balor, who is there was kind of okay, right, right. Get my sentence in order. There came a period where on NXT, Triple H started to just be like, just use your real name. Because and Finn Balor's like one of the last ones who had to change. You know, it was obviously Prince Devitt, all the rest, becomes Finn Balor. AJ Styles comes in is allowed to be AJ Styles. Samoa Joe comes in, Bobby Roode, Adam Cole, you know, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong. They're all allowed their real names. And we start to sort of acknowledge that things happen outside, which lends a bit of credence to this story because we could talk about how, I mean, Finn could be like, your best experience, your best runs have been with people when you're not operating alone, whether it be with the the, the OC or mm. whether it be with the Bullet Club, they could mention them. I feel like they're more likely to do things like that now. I agree. Because Triple H hasn't got small man syndrome in the same way Vince McMahon no. seemed to. And he's quite open to just talking about these things mm. and not worry. Like, I think Vince's worry was always like, I think, I think that, WWE. Well, I, well, no, that, but also, like, if you mention it, people might realize there's other wrestling out there and we'll go watch other think? wrestling. Yeah. Like, I think that was always one of the theories as to why he was like, no, we're just a closed off. I always just assumed it was because in. he wanted WWE to to be considered the top the 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 tip top and to suggest there were other things made it seem like they weren't Mm. do you know what i mean that you you might have had success elsewhere well it doesn't matter because you haven't had success here so let's just not admit that you've had success anywhere japan is like parts unknown it's not actually your place you know um and this week we had balor approach styles again Mm. and say and I, I know I thought this was really clever here. He was like, look, you're going up against Sami Zayn, who's going to have backup. Mm. Why don't you come and join? Like, I'll be in your corner. Mm. I could have your back. 
And AJ is like, no, the only person who's got my back is me. Mm. And that actually led commentary to have a really good discussion, like a, their own storyline to play through this match that AJ had with Sami Zayn. Mm which actually just added more color to what was already quite a colorful and wonderful match. It was great stuff between AJ and Sammy. Sammy's my, my, one of my favorite things in WWE right It's now. almost like the, it was, it's two entirely different stories that come together in a very natural way. It's very, yeah. it is, and it's really smart to have, you know, brand split lol, but it's very smart to have the prime example, even though he doesn't know he's being played for a fool, um, of strength in numbers and being part of something and being and, and like sammy loves being on our youth being part of the of the bloodline being one of many to convince aj yeah, well at least you know. to give aj an idea of what happens if you are part yeah. of a faction and a group and this and the other because yeah. like they played they showed, they recapped what happened with sammy on smackdown mm. which was a wonderful scene. oh my god so unbelievable so every single person knocked that out of the park yeah and it's just oh, i could talk about that story i will talk about that story in a bit <laughs> And the commentators were able to play this up on commentary, being mm. like, look, like Sammy has got Solo Sokoa in his corner. AJ is on his own out here. And like maybe AJ would benefit from being in the Judgment Day. Maybe he doesn't need to be an island unto himself. Mm. Maybe surrounding himself with people would help him in the long run on, in, on the main roster. And then it plays into the finish mm. because Solo Sokoa interferes hits a urinagi on AJ on the apron that allows Sammy to hit the loop kick and Sammy wins. So Sammy's storyline gets elevated because he won because he's part of a faction and it sort of yeah. carries on from the episode from SmackDown. And a big book for Solo as well and, on the show. Absolutely. In, you know. And it furthers this AJ Finn thing because AJ mm. lost and Finn was right in a way. And that's the perfect example oh, of when so these, these storylines meld together. And it and it again feels like this is one company all of these people work in the same place. All of these story strands are linked in some way. I think it is the same that I said it a few weeks ago. It's the same thing as Easter eggs when fans love to see the world interconnect. Remember when like in early Marvel days, mm -hmm. you, oh, that's, that's Captain America's shield in Iron Man 2. Or like, yeah. you know. Even um, in like, you know, the Incredible Hulk, the one yeah. that no one ever talks about. Yeah, with the Ed Norton one. With yeah, weird just, face. They, they just say super soldier serum. And I remember being in the cinema being like, they just said super soldier well, serum. Exactly. I and mean, it's because the idea, and it, even, even in comics, like people love the crossovers, you know, Avengers versus X-Men. People love to think of this one shared universe. So seeing storylines blend into each other is always fun. When they do it in such a way that makes both storylines feel even stronger, it's even better. You know, it's 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 just fascinating to now sit here with a Judgment Day storyline and be like, oh, they could do this, they could do that, and they could do that. Do you know? Bang on the money for me. Yeah. Which is that this is the first time I feel like I've sat here talking about the Judgment Day being like, hey, here is different directions that we could take them as a group. Granted, I think a lot of the stuff I liked about Judgment Day was slightly undermined by the end of the show when Edge returned. And we knew Edge was going to come back. We knew we were building to Edge versus Battle. And I think an I Quit match at Extreme Rules is very good, but it is just going to be... I'm sick of seeing Edge feuding with these lads and I'm ready to move on. I was actually ready to Edge to be away for a little while I... before we got back to that. Yes. However... Um, it we it would have happened at some point anyway because that wasn't the ending to the Edge and Judgment Day storyline. I feel like there is something in Balor winning an I Quit match against Edge who doesn't quit. He, he said so in his speech. That's why he picked mm. the I Quit match. Putting Edge away for a while or maybe giving Edge a little something, something, I don't know, and being billed as this really strong figure to continue the rehabilitation of Judgment Day. I do see what you mean. I don't think it took away from me from the mm. the the image in the end because here's the other thing that was really smart about that moment right at the end when they're 
wrapping his head in a in a chair and you're like oh this is gonna hurt it's not very nice to go and do it and then stop and sit down and say i won't do that to you because friends don't do that it opens the door it allows for aj to be like oh, yeah, you are one of the only ones who wouldn't do that and you're right i wanted alexa last week to join damage control or to sow the seeds alexa being beaten up for me stops alexa wanting to join damage control mm. This was the opposite of that. I yeah. appreciated it. Yeah, so the ending segment, as Dan was just saying then, is that so Jump the gun. Sammy wins the match. Mm. Judgment Day come out and Balor reiterates his point of just like, look, if we had your back, this wouldn't have happened. Mm. Does a little. And he offers up the two sweets. Yeah. And AJ considers it and he gets the two sweet up himself and he flips it around and he gives Balor the finger. And you get the middle Outrageous. one. The middle one, no less. In this day and age. And I'm slightly annoyed. If you've seen the thumbnail we've got for this YouTube video, I was trying to get the perfect freeze frame of it. Mm. Because the moment that I've got, like the most clear version of AJ giving the finger, has got Damien Priest smiling in the background. Right. But what I really wanted was Damien's shocked face when he catches up with what's happened. And he does that just as AJ takes the finger down. So you only get this blurred image of AJ throwing his hand down. So got it. I was gutted. So I mean, if anything, next time, Damien, think of the thumbnail. Well, I'm, I'm blaming AJ in this because you oh. should you should have left the finger up longer, AJ, to, <laughs> to sell the moment. Story of my life. Was <laughs> <laughs> that after dark all of a sudden? <laughs> you, you present me an opportunity. I have to take it. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. I don't make them. And then Judgment Day beat him down, wrap a chair around his head. And yeah. Balor's about to stomp in. I was ready for Riddle to run down because Riddle and Priest was the main event. Mm. And they already hyped that. I was like, okay, Matt runs down and he makes the save. But no, Balor stops himself. And he just says, I'm not going to do this because friends don't do, like, because I'm your friend and friends don't do this. And I, I love that line so much. And you're right, because it opens up the opportunity for AJ to sort of self-reflection. And that moment, you know, in this week following to be like, what do I need? And no one came down to save me. No Riddle one came... didn't come down to save me. No one came down. Which only actually, so I'm wrong in this situation because the idea of someone coming down to save him means that someone does have his back. Yeah. In this scenario, nobody had his back. Mm. So I, I love that. I think the storyline is really, really great. All of a sudden, this has become one of my favorite things yeah, on the show. And it's the Judgment Day. And it's Judgment Day. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the idea of like, okay, and then I do sit there and I fantasy book and I'm like, okay, so he joins the, the, the Judgment Day and then it's like his... His gear already works in purple. I feel so like this will this be interesting on that front. Like, but yeah. then then we could have Finn and AJ as uh, on a big run as a tag team. Like, yeah. what that looked like. You could do, ways. You could do the Bullet Club story. Like, Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club is mine. The yeah. Cody Kenny Omega. Like, who really runs Judgment Day? Well, then Cody comes back and that gives Cody another storyline potentially because there's then three people who've headed up the Bullet Club at some point. Yeah. You could also. I mean, this this is where I go into the realms of going outside and thinking. Well, now Trips is in charge. Could they bring people back? And what happens? If it's like AJ doesn't join uh, Judgment Day because he does have people who have his back, but they haven't been with the company in a while. Can the Good Brothers come back? Things like, like you know. That's what I was going to bring in the point. Their yeah. contracts with Impact are now. Up. Oh, are they? I yeah. didn't know contractually. Yeah, what? contractually, I think they're now done with Impact. Mm. They signed a small extension, but that extension, I believe, is now over. And if only there was someone in charge of WWE who rates tag team wrestling very highly. Yeah. Now, I think there is a, a good possibility because I think you'd have. AJ brings back in the Good Brothers mm. and you essentially reform the OC, which I always hated as a name. I hated the OC. California. <laughs> I loved it for that purpose, but I, I respect, yeah. Yes. But you know, essentially, Bullet Club versus Judgment Day, because mm. you can do some great six-man tags around that and, you know, some Balor AJ stuff. And, you know, there's a really good run you could go with that. Carl Anderson was quite negatory towards WWE, not just Vince McMahon, but specifically Triple H. Oh, really? When 
the Good Brothers re-signed with WWE before they got released. They re-signed mm. and then they were released. Massive like a, contract, wasn't it? Massive contract and then were released during the pandemic. Mm. They were in talks with AEW and Carl you know, was talking with Triple H. And Triple H said to Carl, this is, this is Carl Anderson's story, so it's not mine. I'm not reporting anything here. But he said, the Triple H said to him, was like, you don't know how long that company is going to last. What you need to think of is your family in this scenario. Oof, yeah. And then what happens a few months later is that, well, they got released anyway. So not only did they not take up a deal mm. that they could have got, they signed a different deal, arguably for more money, but then also got cut. So I don't know what the relationship is like. Like, is Carl going to forgive and forget yeah, the things regime, that happened? There's different how much regimes. Triple H have involved in, in releasing? Yeah, you know, different things could change. All I know is that when he was doing interviews, and he did with, with Sean uh, over on Fightful, it was quite negative towards it, the company. Would be, that would piss me off. It would piss me off as well. Yeah. But I do. I still like the the fantasy booking idea That's of yeah. the Good Brothers going in and and you know doing some stuff with Judgment Day. But also, you know, to ask the question, should AJ join Judgment Day? Mm. I'm looking for AJ to do something. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sick of aj just being this wheel that's spinning well that's it because he's, he's, he's been a spinning wheel since Amos. he's had some incredible runs like you know i, I his his run as champion back in the day was really strong he's had he's aj styles you know he's not gonna have a you you were always relied upon to have a really good match but even if you have a really good match week after week lashley's another example with a belt around his his waist or rather over his gigantic shoulder if you don't have a purpose sort of don't care so to have AJ Styles suddenly have a purpose again in some way, shape, or form, even if it's not necessarily a title storyline, is a really good thing. And that's going to serve to further, you know, it's all about building for, for WWE at the moment because they have been so in the dirt, mm -hmm. dreadful for such a long time. Building good stories that will make people want to come back week after week and see what happens is crucial. And doing that with talent like AJ Styles and giving them something to do is part of what makes that work. Yeah. I'm also, I think, from a, a slightly different aspect, I find it very interesting that Triple H is doing this storyline because this is a storyline that is kind of aimed towards us. That internet fan base that knows of the Bullet Club history and, you know, the relationship between it, which WWE tends not to mm. do. I mean, they've flirted with it a couple of times, haven't they? Absolutely, yeah. But it's the sort of thing that, like, AEW comes under criticism for, which is they write storylines for people who are constantly watching and know all these ins mm. and outs. And it kind of shuts off the the mainstream audience. But I actually think they're also doing it in a very clever way, which this just works. Yeah. You don't need to know their shared history between yeah. in Bullet Club. As a... Uh, a mainstream audience member you can watch this and know exactly what everyone's character is going going on so i i think they're actually balancing it very very well mm, I, I agree completely i think it's and it's and there's so much history you can draw on within the company as well as outside the company. i just thought about their first match together do you remember that weird you do, dlc oh, where yeah. everyone was ill all of a sudden yeah. we were gonna have finn versus bray and drag yeah it was it was gonna be the pumpkin king versus sister abigail <laughs> um and then, and then, but then we suddenly get this match out of nowhere. And I remember at the time being like, "Oh my god, don't give us, don't give away the fun." Like I, I was on my so I, I, around the time I was getting married that that yeah. happens, and I was on my sort of second stag do in a way. I was basically you out had with two stag. Well, dudes. I was out with my dad and my father-in-law. Like we went out for a curry, and I went out with my best man, um, and, and like my brothers and, and everything were there. And all of a sudden, I just sort of I got a text message, and I just showed it to my my best man, who's yeah. also a wrestling fan, and said, "Cat Angle's returned to the ring." Yeah, and he oh was God, like, yeah, with the shield because he was the part of the shield. Yeah. He came out as Daddy, Daddy Kurt, as Daddy like, Kurt with, yeah. with his proud sons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of you lads. <laughs> Give us a vest. I'll put it Give on. Give us a vest. You put on a vest, and suddenly everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Mad all showed that. Yeah. So 
I'm gonna, I'll ask you the question. Let's take the good brother out of the equation for now, because right. we don't know what that yeah. situation is. So just based on what we've got now, should AJ join Judgment Day? Yes. I'm also saying yes. Yes. I think uh, I think it would be, I think there are just so many questions and so many branches and so many paths that you can take with Finn, with a big team. Are there leaders? Do we have the pair of them? And then from there, what do you do with that? Do you have them as like, wrestling for control of the judgment day do you have them as as a two-man power trip like you know it's it's i think there's so many potential storylines and if and if if it sticks to just as it is we don't sign any new people i think it is a bountiful story opportunity to have him in the judgment day i would say yes well let's do a poll shall we <gasps> you love a poll mod mother uh if, if you can hear me could you put a poll up, please? Should AJ Styles join the Judgment Day? Yes or no? Be very curious to hear. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
we'll get into your ultra chest now. We actually don't have that many to go through. So we'll just do these and we'll do these two we've got here and then we'll go into the, the main topic of the conversation. This first one, funny enough, left over from the SmackDown review that Pete and Tempest did. So we can actually maybe be able to share some uh, thoughts on this story briefly. I would love to because it's... We never get a chance to talk about it, and it's the best storyline going. Uh, Matthew Robinson says, How about having Jay get jealous of Sokoa getting wins? And then he goes back to main event Jay with Roman not there, and he gets out of hand, and he takes out Jimmy and provokes a match with Roman to change, uh, change the tribal chief after he wins lots of matches. So the way to get Jay back into that main event scene and have him be the one that goes off against uh, Roman mm. Reigns. Uh, I, I don't think I know about that. Like, I love the Jay thing, but like, Jay works best as part, I think I'm really enjoying this part of the bloodline, but I love this sort of the jealousy that he's got, the hatred he's got towards Sami Zayn. It's, he was my MVP of that mm, segment. It's so interesting because I, do you know what? I'll tell you, I, I, I see what you mean and I see where you come from. For me, it's Jimmy because I think Jimmy has a harder job because Jay has to, he's, he's open about how much he doesn't like Sammy and, you know, doesn't want him here. And it's like, what are we doing? And it, 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 that's delicious. And his performance on Friday was incredible. Jimmy has to be the one to ultimately take Sammy down because he's Sammy's best mate. Like they had that yeah. amazing like high five situation. Yeah, you're right. And so eventually when Roman orders Sammy to be beaten down, Jimmy's the one who has to do it. And that's going to be painful to watch because the, the um, this is the... The most delicious storyline, I'm going to say it, in all of wrestling at the moment. I agree. Because for me, as a storyteller, as someone who like uh, just eats, sleeps, and breathes this kind of... Game of Thrones is my favorite show of all time. It's the gray area. It's there being no such thing as good and bad. It's that everyone exists within it. The idea that Sami Zayn is this heel who behaves like such a lame but we have such sympathy for him. And then the audience, when we see him get that shirt, he gets a baby face pop in a big way because we all want him to be accepted in this evil <laughs> faction of horrible people that we don't actually like and then we see the high five with jimmy and there's genuine there is i think a genuine affection there it may start in in not way but then uh, their performance leads me to believe that they actually he actually has a fondness for sammy but he's gonna have to be the one to break him down and that's good what's that gonna do what's that gonna cause and then the sympathy that we have for Sammy is is inevitably gonna. It's like it's like when you watch your friend be in a, a abusive relationship, and you can't stop them from being in it. You can mm. you can try and be there and try and warn them to see the red flags, but they're too deep in it. So you're just watching them, and we're, we've all been in that scenario. That's what Kevin's doing, literally. And so when we, and then uh, which I yeah yeah <laughs> sorry I just keep thinking about the ways in which they and then the idea of Ko and Sammy going against Jimmy and Jay. For the is tag title. delicious to me. We've got war games coming up in November. One of the things I'm... Oh, but now I'm like, is that too soon well, that's for Sammy thing... to beat her? Well, I'm loving this, this so much. This was the question I was going to ask you, because we talked about this on Blackboard Content Club on Friday, is which version do I like more? Do yeah. I like a war games of the bloodline with Sammy going up against Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and some other baby, like Street Profits and yeah. know, whoever... Or the bloodline going up against Sammy, KO, Drew, and someone else. Doing it five on five or four on four. I don't know which version of that I'd prefer. I, I, in a way, I kind of prefer it to be the, the five on five with Sammy on the bloodline side of things. Because mm. I want that Sammy going up against KO in the middle of the ring. And Ko trying to reason with him and trying to get him back to be the Sammy that we know. And you can then delay this storyline further. So you can then do 
Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos of Mania. Mm. So you can like by having Sammy on the Bloodline side in November, you've then got m- so much time to tell the turn before we get to Mania. I just, I also feel like, and maybe I'm reaching a little bit too far and getting way ahead of myself. If you do this right, you main event Sami Zayn. You turn him into someone who has a genuine grudge, has a genuine fury, a genuine heartbreak and pain behind him to take on Roman. Mm -hmm. Is that too much? Is that too far? Because Roman at this point is Thanos? I don't know. But the idea of it just has me go, could you eat this out a little bit longer and save it? Not necessarily Mania. Not necessarily that Sammy has to be the one to do it. But you could have him have a right crack at Roman, That's almost great. make it and build him to the point where in the future, there's a universal champion. That's a great SmackDown main event, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to do that on pay-per-view. Mm. Like if you've got uh, a B-show coming up where Roman's not going to be on, but you do have him on a SmackDown, mm. what a great SmackDown main event Or you could have it at the is. Rumble. Even. Or the Rumble's because a great Because you, you need yeah. a main event where, you know, I don't think anyone believes that Sammy's going to win, but like, you know... That's what the Rumble's for. Yeah. The, the, the Rumble matches sell the Rumble. Mm. So it doesn't matter that Sammy might not... Uh, you know, what the championship match is, who knows? But I, I also do love KO and against... I just like tag team wrestling. I don't know what to tell you. But um, on, the, on this main subject of should AJ join the Judgment Day, we've only got one chat on it, but it is from Riot DR that says, Hey, yo. AJ joining the Judgment Day wouldn't be the worst idea. Hell, might even be good. My opinion, the current Judgment Day is better than Dark Version, uh, Dark Order version 1.0. I consider Brody as leader as version 1.5. Also, AJ versus Sammy main evented. Yeah, I, 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 this is the confusing thing for me, is that I see that Judgment Day final shot. I watched this earlier today. Yeah. And I see that final shot and that Sammy match as my main event because it's so cool. Um, I, I did write my notes. I wish this was the main event. Yeah. I, I get why Riddle and Priest was the main event because yeah. of the angle we got at the end of the show. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. This was a better main event. Yeah, this, although is, actually, this is the lasting image for me. Yeah, although Riddle and Priest beat the holy heckins out of each other. They really did. Which we'll get on to in a moment, but let's kick on with the show. It opened with Bianca Belair and friends um <laughs> yeah bianca and friends popped to the ring coming down and they, they stood in the ring and they watched a recap of them being beaten up last week and it cuts back to bianca Belair smiling just the, well the, <laughs> they had a picture in picture and they're just having a little chat with each other they're like hey guys you know uh, we, just well, smiling just watching themselves being beaten up we, and being like you guys what we were talking off camera before you went and had your crisis um about the faders um i thought the first hour of this show was utterly dreadful i liked the rollins mysterio we'll match. talk about that in a minute i and but specifically it got me off to a really bad start and i was very grumpy because what in the name of hell from a production standpoint was going on for the first five to ten minutes 15 minutes even mm. because they come out like you say they're having a little laugh bianca cuts a nothing promo and then suddenly out comes damage control and i'm like okay so we're kicking off with this bianca versus eo match that has been advertised See, I didn't know this had been advertised. I'd seen a match graphic. Yeah, and, and apparently it was announced earlier in the day, but I didn't realize this had been announced because mm. this, this segment ends with Bianca Belair challenging EO Sky to but, a match or one of them to a match. And I did run around like, well, it's a good job EO was in her gear, I guess. Because, uh, because Bianca, she didn't even challenge. What she did was go up and say, and I'm ready to take you out. 
And then everyone seems to think, wait, what's happened? And then the commentary are like, oh, I guess we're having a match now. And then, could we get a ref in the ring? Oh, there's a ref in the ring. Oh my God, there's a... And I'm, and I'm Referee there like, who slid from the wrong side because she was already at ringside. Right. And I'm like, I, I think I wrote down, uh, um, uh, why are the announcers confused about this match? Then we go to commercial and I'm like, okay, well, that was awkward. But when we get back, everything will be fine. But it's not because we cut back and suddenly we're backstage with Sammy and Solo arriving. And I'm like, I genuinely thought I'd missed a bit. I thought mm. I'd missed the match. So I went rewinding. And I, no, that's just the... Where's... But there's a... Production. And if Pete goes mad on production, I'm with him. This, this was dreadful. This was not good. Well, I hated more... Uh, the verbiage between Bailey and Bianca oh, yeah. Belair, yeah. who had a terrible high school argument that was just, yeah, well, I did this <laughs> thing that one time. <laughs> and then the other ones were like, well, yeah, but uh, actually, did, yeah. when you think about it, I did this thing. Well, yeah, but here's the other thing. It is really weird because I wrote, it's weird for Bianca to have a go at Bailey because she was injured. Like, <laughs> where were right? you? Yeah, where injured. were you? Injured. Injured rehabbing yeah. to recover and Bailey's there be like yeah well uh I think you're fine and it's like you're you because that was a heel thing to say yeah you know if, you, if she was at home sitting or, or like shooting a movie or being in the Mandalorian like you know that then they're off and you can have a go at them for not being there but she was she had a poorly she had a boo-boo don't <laughs> have a go over that out for almost a year yeah over a year in fact like I thought it was this made Bianca Belair look awful Made, ba made Bailey look bad. Made Bailey look bad in a promo segment. Yeah. I didn't think that was possible. And I was like, no human adults talk this way. You, you could say, ding dong, hell no, thank you. Then Bailey challenged Belair to a ladder match at Extreme Rules. So, which I'm looking forward to. I think they'll. Be I, good. I think they'll have a great. Yeah. Um, I've written here, both of them are coming off quite unlikable in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really did. They really yeah. did. I think the thing about Bianca is she's just good. She doesn't need to be on, she doesn't need to be on every week. I don't know. Well, I'm a bit... I, I, I would say that Belair does need to be on TV every week because she's the only person on Raw that has a title that she's defending That's in a storyline. Like yeah. Bubble, Bubbles has her belt, but doesn't doesn't he's not doing anything he's not doing it he's just having matches in other people's storylines like then, Bel is literally the only title on this show then don't give her a story. microphone i think she's a great promo though i think they write bad stuff for mm. her and i this was not a good segment for me it did lead to a pretty decent match between bel-air and sky though i felt like it took a while to get going and then there was some real hesitant moments in I, there. I completely agree with you and i thought the crowd were not into this by the, at the start probably because they believed they were about to see a match that they were told and then suddenly it was like hang on what's going on yeah like it took them a little while to get going they did chant this is awesome but kind of like last week it yeah. felt more like a everything is awesome yeah you're part it, of the team it, <laughs> didn't mean to do that <laughs> it sort of felt like I, I say this in my edited review more like a formality yeah than a, an emotional response yeah like this is awesome used to be an emotional thing that people chanted because they wanted to let them now this is awesome it's just like a well, we're, the, we're so thrilled to be here. I'm, th I'm happy to be here. It's our first bit of wrestling. You did three match, th three moves in a row. They did this a is spot. Awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Bel Air won with the KOD, pinning one of the tag team champions. Not all that great. However, not this that is, bad though. Not, not that bad. This is what you do with factions. Yeah. Bel Air beats the goons before she gets the big final boss with yeah. Bailey at the pay per view. So I actually I wasn't she, mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. This was great. Great use of. Damage control and Bianca Belair. Mm, I just feel so control. sorry for Asuka and 
and Alexa. and Alexa, who, who, who stood on the uh, ringside looking like absolute dorks and yeah, geeks. Dorks is the exact word. Dorks, yeah. geeks, and dweebs. They look so foolish. Yeah. Because they didn't say anything in the segment either. Nope. They're just, they're just standing behind them being like, holding yeah. Lily, holding Lily and holding some fans. And, and it's the, just like, oh. they just look like the biggest loser. and Alexa Blair. They show this replay of them like cheering for Bel Air when she wins, being like, yay, I'll go one. And they, they didn't celebrate with her in the ring. It was just Bel Air on her own while they stood at ringside they, being like, you, you're just the absolute best. They truly are Bianca and friends. Ugh. Yeah, they really are. Uh, Kevin was backstage with Reg Mysterio, who you'll never believe talked Has about. He talked about Dominic. It's the same promo we've seen about him talking about Dominic. But then said, "No, hey, I'm not. Gonna, I will show my son mercy, but I'll show no mercy for Seth Rollins later on. No mercy return confirmed." <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Miz has lots of security now called the Miz Force. I need. A Miz Force T-shirt, and I need it yesterday. It, I am. It'll be obsessed. better than his. I've got b- massive balls T-shirt. I also loved that one. Gla- I stand the Miz. dead in the water. I'm sorry. I j- the, I like. Hello, I have massive balls. Is fully hilarious. It's one of the worst T-shirts this company has ever made. And this incorrect. company has made a T-shirt which looked like jizz. Did it? Yeah. Did that? It, you were like, oh, I mean. Val Venus had a t-shirt that I mean, said, yes, like, he did yeah, have that. Cocked and ready to explode. Oh, God. AJ had one that looked like jizz on a t-shirt. Actually, it might have been a TNA one that looked like jizz on a t-shirt. Sin Cara had one that looked like a penis. <laughs> um, <laughs> you ever seen the Sin Cara one? No, I haven't, oh, but I believe you. But no, while you're searching APA for it... APA one, always pounding ass. <laughs> <laughs> I live for this. I really do. China once had a t-shirt that was said... The China. Yes, she did have that. <laughs> I know. She absolutely had that. That's right. correct. Sin Cara Jizz t shirt. Oh, like oh, no, no, it's the penis t shirt. Yeah. Sorry. Safe I search is off. <laughs> penis t shirt. Uh, yeah. That one there. Oh, that is a shame. <laughs> oh, I remember. No, I do remember that now. Yeah. Oh, look, there's the AJ one. It was a TNA one. There's the oh. TNA. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I don't like that. No, but I do. To, to take us off jizz and penises and back to the show, Ms. Force, yes, please. Yeah. Immediately. I am a member of the Ms. Force. If science was still a thing, Ms. Force science would be everywhere. Yeah. I actually thought the Ms. was really great in this segment. That's because uh, the Ms. is brilliant. And I thought Ms. Force was very funny. And there was this moment I had with the Ms. where I was like, man, the dude really goes out of his way to make himself look like an absolute prick. Like, not yeah. just the way that he dresses in the suit yeah. or his dumb sunglasses. Even his haircut uh, makes him look like a massive tool. Fabulous sunglasses. And I'm just, and I'm just like, oh, he goes the extra mile to make himself look like an absolute tool. I have been on three episodes of the Raw Review, and already we're turning the tide <laughs> and the Miz is one of the best in history. Put some respect on the name of Mike Mizanin. Reality check, Miz is great. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, uh, Rollins cut a promo uh, before this saying that uh, he... I mean, he does he feel cut, like... He cut a dire promo. It went, it went on for a he long said, time. It went on for ages, Luke, and he said nothing. He said very little. He said that he will be just... He'll be just fine in the fi- uh, fight pit. You'll be fine against Matt Riddle. He's not 1-1 either. And... He didn't really say much. Like the only thing I could really think about Rollins, though, is that he is one hundo p the heel. Yeah. But because he plays the crowd like Phil and the crowd sing along, he just feels like the biggest baby face on the roster. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. I feel that 
it works for you to chant it because it, it, it is Messiah complex. We I said this a little while ago. Like he, if you have them sing along and then you you know pop a squat on them, then it's fine. You can get away with that as a heel. But the crowd started singing his theme a second time, which wasn't good heat. That was the crowd going into business for themselves he's because not, his he's promo not was heat. boring af. And it's not like because this was a Canadian crowd. Yeah. This wasn't even bizarro world no. Canadian crowd because they were also just popping for the baby faces they would and, be, and booing and booing heels and they, stuff. I think it was a great crowd, by the way. Great, great crowd yeah. all night. I thought, which is so in contrast to last week in San Jose. But I, I actually thought this was a decent match between the two of them. We also got our QR codeio for mm. this week, which mm. was a very fun um, promo thing. If you haven't seen it, it's got clips from ECW in it. Which, I actually haven't seen it. Yet. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. It makes people think that Extreme Rules. You know, might be where we see the return happen. If we don't, just as a very quick tangent, if we don't, how long is it before you get bored? Because like the monster rating that SmackDown had this week is, I'm sure, in no small part because we thought we were going to get a little debut or something more. How long is it before the breadcrumbs aren't sustainable? Right, extreme rules. Extreme rules. And I, then... I said this to Pete and Tempest in the office earlier. Yeah. Like, if, if Extreme Rules is another tease yeah. and like another tune in to watch Raw, I'll be like, nah, I'm starting to get a bit. That's the thing with long term storytelling. You, that you can't just it's not ad, finit, ad in, infinitum ad infinitum I've done French ad infinitum and now I'm trying to do Latin and it didn't work for me but you know what I was going for mm -hmm. so yeah there comes a point where it's like right now let's get on with it that's why the Loomis thing has, has we'll get into that in a minute oh yeah it's way past Jump the Shark uh, but this this match was so good it really kind of reminded me of how good they were together during that eye for an eye feud yeah. and while that was a massively silly stipulation they had a really decent match around yeah. it and, and I, I thought these two worked together. I thought they had a really, really cracking little match here. Uh, it did end with some interference. Dom uh, distracted Rey Mysterio and asked him to hit him with a chair again. Yeah. He's hardcore. And then Rhea Ripley pushed Rey into the post. I love this finish because it's not this bit of the finish because that was you know just par for the course. But they rolled Rey in and Rey gets hit by the stomp. And Seth Rollins doesn't pin Rey Mysterio. He instead locks in a submission and makes Rey Mysterio pass out because that is the way to win in fight pits. You can only win by submission or knockouts. That is true. So him not going for pin and showing Matt Riddle, I can win by submission. I hadn't thought of that. In which, my defense, I was tired this morning. Which is very interesting because later on, Matt Riddle wins by pin. He doesn't win by submission. So Matt's not got the right sort of tools going into there. But Rollins has shown... I can also win by submission. Because I, I I don't associate submissions in any way, shape, or form with Rollins. Exactly. That's kind of the genius of it. Yeah. And I thought it was a really, really smart finish to this match. Mm. I, I, no, that, I really loved that. That's good. I also, I will say I was frustrated as heck with the commentary um, <laughs> at this point. I was already cross with them because of the beginning. And this one, Corey, and, and I'm a Corey Graves fan. I'm a Corey apologist. He was on something this week. Like, he was really off it. And, it did, and, and Byron just being so lame it just it, it's like i get that the point is that you've got anchor in the middle one good voice one heel voice but bickering doesn't help it sucks you out of it it made me not care about them and yeah it was a good match but i didn't care mm. because i was so distracted and so irritated by what they were saying that it really started to get on my nerves they did soften over the course of the show but in this match in particular i was like and i started, and i was thinking more about like why did Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross work so well? Because Jerry was not this level of, you know, it, it, it's mean. There's a meanness to what Corey's doing. There is like the Corey Byron stuff is not. He's not. He's not a suck up. 
No. So Lola was a sucker, but that's what made it work. Um, also, um, Dominic and Rhea, perfect couple's Halloween costume. Halloween's coming up. If you want to do that, you could. Is that uh, what we're going to do? I, I would love it. Can I be Rhea? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can wear a, a terrible wig and uh, for to be Dominic. Bring some breadsticks. <laughs> well, this week I said he looks like your cousin's uh, emo band's bass player. <laughs> who swears down there's going to be a big talent scout at the next gig they got. No, he knows the guy, he knows the guy. He's going to bring someone over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, time. we're second on the bill. <laughs> We've got a 15-minute slot and we're absolutely going to kill it. God, it's the waistcoat. It's the waistcoat. He just needs to take it off. Uh, uh, Riddle was watching backstage on a massive screen. Competition huge. winner Matt Riddle. Is it competition winning? The way he was talking to Bobby. Oh, he absolutely cacked his pants when he saw him. He really did. And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry, Bobby. They just sort of recapped the rules of Fight Pit, I guess. Yeah, they did do that. I didn't really know much of this. Uh, Owens and Gargano walked backstage and found some of Ms. Force already dead. Ms. Force! Um, I mean, they didn't have name tags, didn't stand a chance. When they have t-shirts, though. Maybe that's when they... uh, Brute Force is what they need. It's my GM reference there. Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano next took on Alpha Academy. Now... This oh I'll I'll let you go. Uh, no, I want to hear what you want to say first. I thought Smash was great. Okay, great because I was <laughs> thoroughly thoroughly delivered because I I just I love tag team wrestling. I love Chush. <laughs> I love every person in this match. I think Otis is amazing. Does the job really? Good. I think Otis being in the Alpha Academy at the first I was like whatever. It works so well. It's so good. Here, it's yeah. so good. And I think. I it, I loved it from start to finish. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice. It's Gargano and Owens together. It yeah. was in Canada. Yeah. So the guy, the Canadians were doing the Ole chart, but doing KO, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, which I thought was delightful. There's like, okay, I'm going to praise a bit of Corey here. And I I don't often praise a bit of Corey because yeah. I actually I find him to be quite obnoxious at times. Um, I've heard his podcast. However, there was a moment when... <laughs> Kevin Owens locked in the sharpshooter and the crowd went ballistic for it. And like uh, Jimmy sh- in Canada. Jimmy, Jimmy Smith is going like it's the sharpshooter in Canada. And Byron's there going like sharpshooter in Canada, the Canadian's way. And Corey goes like, it's more of a scorpion death look, if you ask me. <laughs> really killed me. <laughs> I popped big time for that. More of a more of a scorpion death yeah. look, really. <laughs> it's, I really liked that. That was a great moment. <laughs> he wrote that down too. I thought um, that was delightful. But this, I mean, this this match was a combination of two things. It was Kevin playing with the crowd, this Canadian crowd wanting to see Owens wrestle, mm. and four great wrestlers having a great. NXT TakeOver mid-card match, mid-card yeah. tag team match, yeah. complete with table break spot. And I was actually surprised that Gargano was the one that picked up the win because the crowd was so into Owens, but it was it was done to further the Gargano theory storyline. And I also think that Gargano needs more of a... Uh, KO has been a raw presence for years. Gargano has just come back and yeah, exactly. just making his main roster hype. He needs wins. Mm-hmm. He needs to be seen to be the person having his hand raised and having his music played. Um, far more than Kevin Owens does, especially in Edmonton. Um, I loved this run-in. And I know I whinge about not clean finishes but the reason i love this run-in is because it's the way you do it it was oh no we're gonna get another one i'm really cross about it doesn't work puts everyone over really good even theory storyline of running in and it not being successful for me it's pretty good i also loved the announce table spot I, I I I don't know why, but for some reason this announced table break really got me. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, tremendous. Because it was like, oh, that's how you get Otis out of the way. Yeah. And also Gable Cell of that slingshot that's, DDT. I it did it when their singles match, it really got me. It got me in this moment as well. It's the best 
I always get worried I, yeah. because it's a brilliant spike. And there were a couple of those actually in the show where I was like, oh, but this was the best one. Uh, and actually, I thought this match made Alpha Academy yeah. look really good. Yeah. I thought Gable and Otis had their stocks raised coming out of this match, even though they lost mm. and they do lose a lot mm. on TV. They came out of this match feeling like a bigger deal because they kicked out of some big moves yep. and Otis looked really, really great. Was and a moment where he gave him a little kiss. Yeah. Did you that? Bearing in mind as well that these two were absolutely destroyed and humiliated by Braun Strowman mm. in that two-on-one handicap match, which then sucked later on when yeah. they had a backstage segment with Austin Theory who says that Braun calls them up and says, I've got a match with Chad Gable next week in his hometown. And I was like, what's the point? Yeah. This does nothing for Braun. It does nothing for Gable. And it sucked me right out of my suspension of disbelief. And suspension of disbelief is already a fragile thing in wrestling, because we all know. But are they are they on television? Do they know they're on television? How can Braun hear them? Like yeah. It just was like, how does Braun have Austin Theory's number? Like, I didn't like that. I'm already gutted about this, because like I just really thought we might go somewhere with Alpha Academy. Maybe yeah. like we could try and get something going. But I've already seen Braun beat him up. I've seen them beat him up two on one. Why do I need to see him beat up Chad Gable? I, I, I think, I still think that Chad Gable and now Otis are good enough to take it a couple more times. I love tag team wrestling, tag team wrestling. I love the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable's amazing. I, 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 I yeah. I've, seen, I I've just, seen him do it. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm here for them for as long as I've got. I've got I'm, time I'm, for them. Absolutely. I've got all the time in the world for them. Yeah. But if I'm bringing Braun back in. I don't have any time for Braun. All, all Can the, I tell you how little I care about Braun? Oh, I, I could listen all day because I've got no time for Braun. I just Braun. don't care. Yeah. They did nothing for me. Braun. Okay. I had a, I had a bit of fun with him when he flipped over an ambulance. <laughs> And and then when he first started doing the choo choo train thing, but it's the same. We we got it again a little bit later. We'll talk about it during Omos because he's his whole thing is is big man. Yeah, can go smash. Don't care. Uh, we then had all the AJ stuff with Bala, mm -hmm. and then Omos walked backstage, which ties us nicely into Omos versus two local lads because the BT and USA feed cut out last week, so we didn't get to we, see Omos this time. I wrote down uh, nothing. Well, I also can say is that last week we made the presumption that a Moss beating two lads was probably boring and not worth watching. <laughs> I'm glad that our suspicions were correct because <laughs> this was boring and not worth watching. Yeah, yeah. However, I do think that we MVP set up something in this match. Oh, because a Moss is beating these two lads up, mm -hmm. and it's a bit dreary. I've seen, yeah. seen it before, and he then says, "Hey." Braun may be the monster among monsters, but he's no Nigerian giant. And I was like, oh no. Big beefy men bashing each other around. We're, we're setting up Braun versus Amos. Yeah. And I can't think of a match I want to watch less. <laughs> it's so thrilling to have a bathroom break sometimes. It really is. <laughs> Don't say that to Kate. Like, a revival. <laughs> oh no, let's not bring this up again. Poor lass. It's had all of it over the weekend for the, all the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, I think that sounds utterly horrible. This was dreadfully dull. Uh, I've got nothing else to say no. about it. No. Uh, Miz walked backstage and found all of Miz Force dead in perfect comedy form. And then uh, it looked like it was a mannequin behind him wearing some Kevin Smith merchandise, but it was actually Dexter Loomis. Can I tell you it worked on me? 
Oh, oh, me too. In the same way that I got the jump scare from the children yeah. in his home that time. It's this, totally uh, I was like, <gasps> he's in the mannequin. He's in the mannequin. It's because he's he's quite bland. Yeah. That he just sort of fades <laughs> into the background as Dexter. He does a little bit, yeah. Um, but this was a a great reveal. I loved that. I thought this was a superb reveal. Yeah. And he hits Miz with a hockey stick, strokes his face, puts him to sleep. And while... This was a very good reveal, and Ms. Force was a, a lot of fun, and there were some prizes to be won. I'm ready for this wacky show to move to a, a, a new chapter. I've read Why chapter one. Here? I've read chapter one of this book yeah. for the last eight weeks. Yeah. I'm ready for chapter two now. Yeah. I uh, This was a great segment for the third time you did it, but for what? Five, six, seven? Yeah. Bored. Yeah. I, I, need to know, I need to know why he's there. I'm, I, I you know, we, when we spoke about this before i'm a fan of it i'm a fan of loomis i'm a fan of, of miz i just want motivation that's all i want i want to know why he's there yeah make him his brother already please uh loomis I, loomis I, well i mean adam gets all of his booking ideas for me anyway uh so <laughs> i i gave that as a suggestion i i well okay it's not in really the shade adam comes up, adam basically says to the office i'm out of ideas what do, <laughs> what do people want me to do and i'll be like do this i gave him dexter loomis and like that's your next booking video, yeah. and you could do Lou Miz, Lou Miz, because and that's why Miz won't say anything, mm. and that's why Miz won't announce what happened because he's, he's found out the truth. He has to admit it. He's, he doesn't want to admit it. Lou Miz, Lou Miz. Speaking of surprising, so WWE got me again. Yeah, they did me too. Yeah. I sat. I I literally sat up. <laughs> I was lying. I was like prostrate. I so I've said this in a number of weeks now since Triple H has taken over. He makes you have to concentrate on the show, otherwise you miss something. They did this Dexter Loomis and Miz thing. They went to an ad break, so I'm already pressing fast forward to get through the ad breaks. Comes back, and the show's on, and it was like, moments ago, this happened. And I went, oh, God. so fast forward again, because mm -hmm. I've already seen yeah. this. Press play. Who's there? I think Candice LeRae is Candace there. Candice LeRae. I had press play slightly earlier, so I saw Nikki, and then I was watching this music, and I was like, who's that? Is there a little gimmick? Is this Alexa got a new... Oh, it's Candice LeRae. And I was like, I, I didn't see this coming. And I got caught out again. Yeah. So I missed the wonderful big moment reveal yeah. because they'd suckered me in by showing me a duff replay that I've got no interest in. And I fast forwarded through it. More for me. Yeah, more for you because it, it, every recap with The Miz is the most must-see recap. <laughs> so more for me. I missed out on the fun here yeah. because this is a show that is making viewers watch every single moment of yeah. it because you don't want to miss something. Mm. Great, great work once again. This was a bit of fun. Yeah. Candice is back. Yeah. Uh, she beat Nikki very, very quickly with the uh, the swinging net breaker off the second rope. I was a little bit like, oh, that was too quick for that. And then I was, and, but then two things happened that I was like, oh, lovely and tasty. Uh, I, I did write down this, this incidentally is what an open challenge is for. You know, Bianca, if we want to have Bianca do something on the show, open challenge like she did with Sonny Deville. Um, and then we get, oh, Candice Ray's coming for a challenge. They have a decent match. Candice Array won't win because we want Bianca to keep the title, but it's a good showing for a returning superstar. It's a reminder of what she can do. Um, but they didn't go down that road. They gave us what was essentially a squash match. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit like, mm, how do we feel about that? But then Nikki's little moment Loved it. was such a nice touch to be sat in the corner looking at her mask. The sympathy I felt for a character I cared very little about. Yeah, she was like almost crying. Yeah. I thought the shocked face she had when Candice came out right. was really good as well because that is a uh oh it's another new face in mm. this division. 
I've already don't have much of a spot on this card mm. and I'm always losing. I've, I, I was this almost a superhero. Mm. I, I used to be the women's champion. I used to be a tag team champion and now I'm nothing. Mm. Like even Dewdrop's not really around not really these days. Around. So like, I thought it was a really good performance by Nikki. I think this is the end of the Nikki ASH character. Oh About time too. Yeah. Because that whole Dewdrop thing has been like, we should probably stop doing this and she kept doing it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, nice to see Candace back. And she immediately inserted herself as being one of the and friends with Bianca Belair. So that's... She did, which I uh, am not mad about. Me neither. Because at the moment she still has a character. You know, Asuka and Alexa don't have any. A little bit of zhuzh. Maybe interesting. What's interesting for me about this as well is when we look at the wider um, context of the wrestling landscape at the moment, um, especially with a, with a couple of recent bits is that one of the fun things during the monday night war would be when someone would leave one company and show up on the other and because at that time we didn't really have um wider access to the observer exactly so we didn't really know whose whose contract was up when Mm -hmm. blah 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 so like chris jericho i think of as, as arriving was a pretty you know momentous moment especially if you weren't someone who watched both shows and i wasn't um all of 10 years old um but with uh You're so young i know i'm just i'm so young you can tell as well uh from uh what's her name candace candace coming back these these strange strangers randos coming back who've been away coming back gets you that pop without having to poach from aew mm-hmm. but what's super interesting i mean that first proper a i mean we had it with cody mm-hmm. but that first like aew wwe jump in the triple h era is gonna be unbelievable to see but what's curious to me is the fact that anyone who has come back has gone immediately into a high-profile, long-ranging story when we think of Dakota Kai coming back, Johnny Gargano, and now Candice LeRae inserting herself into the main story in the women's division at the moment, versus AEW kind of hoovering up anyone who didn't get a run in WWE and then not having a run. And then not having anything for them. And like, so we're looking at, I'm thinking specifically about Malachi Black. Um... Or even Andrade. I, mean, I, I would argue Black at least came in with a story. Like, That's he came true. In, and he came in with the Cody yeah. feud. And the Cody feud did go on for a little while and actually did quite a lot of Malachi and it, Black. And it, and it, Andrade is a, a very good example yeah. there because Andrade did nothing for the first few months he was there. Mira is another good example. Yeah. He came into a storyline with Best Friends mm. and, and with Kip Sabian, but it didn't really do much for him. And I've seen Soraya come out and just sort of say hello and have an amazing pop, which she rightly deserves because, mm. you know, but... Yeah. What are you going to do? We don't Jury's know your out. status. Jury's out on that one. And, that, and that, But you could just be there. Ruby Soho is another example. Yep. Um, and I'm just a bit curious by... Um, that said, obviously, it's still early days of the trip's reign. So all of this praise I'm giving it, they, all of these returns, they may get sucked into... I was going to say, because you can't do returns every other no, week. No. And there will be a period of time when Trips doesn't have the... And I'm not even saying that he falls back on the returns to get the, the cheap and easy yeah. pop. But there is, there's only so many returns you can if do. If you're going to poach a talent, they need to have a story. And the talent you've already got need to be in the story it's too. That's what they were said about NXT. Like, don't mm-hmm. take them to the main roster unless you've got a plan for yeah. them. And they often brought them up without any plans. Yeah. That's why they all, all floundered. Yeah. Candice LeRae, clearly, I think they have set up to do uh her with bianca and friends yeah. versus damage control at war games like that's your women's, oh, that's your women's war games yeah, match, yeah, yeah. which kind of makes the idea that it might be four on four um it who's, just who, who's damage who's, control well who's the fourth person for damage control Alexa, i want it to be no, she's on the she's on the good i know side. but i want her to leave it and then they can have like other people so that's what i think is the likely uh likely like her aligning herself and i was like well there's four of them now like i feel that is war games territory yeah Video promo for Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. I didn't watch a lot. 
I, I skip this. Yeah, I skip this. Uh, then I was running late. I had to take the kids to nursery this morning because my wife's not well. So. <laughs> I just don't care about Logan Paul. I know I shall. <laughs> I'll watch it properly when we get close to the event. But no. I mean, even then, I'll, I will watch it because it's my job. But mm. however, I did watch this bit, <laughs> and I'm glad I did because Kevin interviews Judgment Day, and I didn't really watch much. I didn't really much of this. But when it finished, they all hugged, and Damien Priest went. <laughs> Oh man, we rule. Oh man. Oh man, we rule. <laughs> oh man, we rule. I really, I really do. It killed me. It, oh man, we rule. That's like improv. <laughs> just talk to each other at the end of a news broadcast. But, but the, the mics, the mics are still off. It was so good. <laughs> it's just, oh, oh, man, oh man, we rule. We rule. I loved it. I was so happy. It really it made my like day. like the goofy heels. Like, they're not goofy heels, but it's the sort of thing a goofy heel group would <laughs> do. Just, are goofy heels and if we can just accept that that works for me i thought it was it really made me laugh so good uh, and then the main event, speaking of, was Damien Priest versus Matt Riddle. Yeah. We've already talked we've about the Sammy AJ stuff. Uh, crowd were tired, man. Like this yeah. was long show, lots of long wrestling well, they've matches. They've given the main event. They've already been given the main event with their Canadian home country person. Yeah. So they were tired, but I think that these two beat the hell out of each other and hit each other so very hard that the crowd were very much awake for mm. it by the end of the match. And then the return at the end certainly helped with that match. Particularly a moment when Damien Priest dropped Matt Riddle so hard on, on the, the barricade barrier. on his back and Riddle selling me it was like a woof. Oof. It looked and then very sore. break and I was nervous. Yeah. Sore it looked. And like uh, it's 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 convincing. It's selling it makes that's what selling is everybody. Yeah. It worked. But you know hey there was distraction and interference. I thought it was too much of it on this show for me. It was like, it was every match by like maybe two, I think. They gave me a good, I, I think some of it was okay. I wasn't as cross about this one as I was previously. I think only by this point, I'm like, All right, I get it. Right. Like, I don't think it's like AEW have this at times as well, where it's like, right, I get it. Mm. Like too much interference in matches is a, it's a, it's a cheap way to write your finish. And actually AEW do all the smegging time and it is like a, yeah, all right. Yeah, I get it. Trips does love and, that. A, and a I, but I think over across, especially across a three hour show, yeah. And he's just like a, all right, I get it. That's it. But I thought this match was actually pretty good, considering that I was done with this show. Yeah, I, I was a bit done too. After with the, the AJ Judgment Day thing, I was done. I was ready for the show to yeah. be done so I could get out the train. But uh, I thought actually they kind of turned me around. I don't know. I really enjoyed it by the end. But uh, Matt Riddle overcame the distractions and he rolled up Damien Priest and he won. And then they beat him up immediately afterwards. Judgment Day did. And who should run down to make the save? But on this day, Edge came back. And challenged Balor to an I Quit match at Extreme Rules. It's really stacking that card mm. for what is effectively a B show. A B show. I'm, I'm quite excited for Extreme Rules. Well. well, that's it. I mean, I think he's still looking to put his stamp down and say that even our secondary shows are still going to matter because we do have that notion of I can skip this one. Next he year. doesn't want us to skip the big shows. Every takeover yeah. with a banger. Well, yeah. So we had this conversation in the office today. In our 70K update, we did make the proclamation. You did. I remember I was there. I watched it we won't be doing every B-show WWE pay-per-view because it's it's a bit of a money pit for us to do it. While we do enjoy doing them and it is fun, it loses us business. It loses us money. Because it's, there's no point in watching but it from an audience perspective. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I don't think people enjoy... Not the, not the streams, you understand, which are always of an A-star quality. Thank the you The show much. themselves. Yes. I mean. yeah. well, we did have a discussion in the office today and it was very rarely, actually not much about the card itself, but the what if it is Bray, though. Right. 
and like do we do the extreme rules on the off chance that it's prey and i was like maybe but like even when we've had like the mjf one uh actually didn't end up drawing as much more the cody reveal at hell in the cell didn't draw mm. as anything people didn't come to us to see that like i don't think our brand is people coming to us to see live reactions yeah. it's what culture uh cultaholic yeah like their audience and actually a no, wider audience go to them to see what their reactions are they don't really come to us for that so i think even if bray did we wouldn't do it but that's kind of an off-topic thing i'd actually be actively annoyed though if we did do it and bray didn't show up yeah or the yeah. white rabbit storyline didn't pay off and, it'd but, be like, and the white rabbit storyline was like tune into raw I'm yeah absolutely fuming. i personally though i'm really intrigued to see triple h do a b show because I'm I, intrigued I, by I think I think like I said every takeover show was a banger some matches didn't always work but I always had a good time watching the takeovers I think he wants to create that idea that you can't miss this and and extreme rules I don't care about but I care about currently the matches in, in extreme rules I, I, not all of them but some of them I actually I'm mm. quite into the idea of like I, I just think Edge and Balor will have a banging yeah like, I think match. I think the ladder match is going to be amazing yeah, no, actually, do you know what? I, actually, do you know what? Is the storyline might not be good. That's but the what I mean. Match will be very. I, good. I, and I was never someone who was like uh, eat, sleep, breathe NXT. I didn't watch every single week, and half the time I didn't even really know the storylines. But I would tune into every single takeover. They give me a nice little package, and I'd see some incredible wrestling. It is the first time as well because when we made that seventy k proclamation, it was in the Vince era. Exactly, so that's that what was I mean. when B shows were out. I, and that, I think they, they might be from now. I'm curious. We'll see what happens with Extreme Rules. But we'll see what happens. Uh, that was the show. I actually thought it was a very, very good episode. Where I gave it a, a high four out of five. I can't, couldn't give it a five. It's not an all-time classic episode, so it's not five out of five. Also, it's three hours. It's too mm. long. But I did think this was a four out of five show. Like, I was very rarely bored throughout. I thought a lot of the wrestling on this was excellent. I thought it furthered some stories, which is what we didn't get last week. And we've got some exciting stuff announced for the pay-per-view. So for me, it's a thumbs up show. 2.5 for me. I got, <gasps> I was so cross. Oh, Daniel. What can I say? 2.5. Yeah. Um, we also have a result of the poll. Oh, tell me. Of should AJ join the judgment day? 66% voted yes. Yeah. While 33% voted no. That's a nice, uh, we love, we love a, third, a two, two thirds majority. Indeed, yes. Motion carries, AJ will join judgment in the rest of your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support we'll read out every single one of them above the five us dollars tomorrow over on our patreon page we don't have any shout outs for that today but tomorrow on our patreon page will be ollie davis and i reviewing unforgiven 2008 the scramble pay-per-view where they tried to introduce a new concept that did not work and by the end of it i was actively angry at uh but i thought the ecw scramble match was a bit of fun uh, i like a scramble match well, you know, the the one, like, it's a fun concept. When you do it three times in one pay-per-view, it actively kills. Also, the second match well, That's WWE for the past 10 years. The second match is just Triple H buries the mid-card for five minutes. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, for a few, didn't he? Self, Andy Datsun, and Social Media Abbey having quite the two-hour conversation. Bit of chaos. It is our most talked about After Dark episode in quite some time. The most must-see. <laughs> I get it from The Miz. <laughs> It was it was quite the episode. Uh, yeah, I'm thankful to everyone who has sent us the secret word. Yeah, the secret code, which yeah. I was about to say, and then I realized we made a point of it being secret. Yeah, so for a reason. Thank you all so much that has listened, and I apologize to those of you <laughs> who did. <laughs> Armageddon, I have no regrets. Armageddon 94, who's been a member for five months, said, I think Dexter Loomis should join Judgment Day. Oh, I don't like that at all. 
Judgment Day prey on people's insecurities and they can use Loomis to help them expose those insecurities. I see what you're saying. Uh, if we're going to have a heavy for the Judgment Day, though, let it be Damien Priest. Uh, Charles Berg, we gather here today to celebrate my final day of vacation. It was lovely. In case I'm wrong about my genius idea of Loomis, my other theory is that Dexter is a huge fan of the Marine franchise, but he's socially awkward and doesn't know how to tell them this. And Becky's not around yet, so he can't tell yeah. her. Or Ted DiBiase Jr. Or in... Was Ted DiBiase Jr. on the Marine? Yeah, I think he was the... Was he the second Marine? How many Marines are there now? Was he the Marine 2? The Marine... Two. Do you remember when John Cena started wearing military shorts because he was in the what Marine? Was Ted DiBiase? Well, there you go. Egg I on was my right. With Michael Rooker, no less, Who? before before James Gunn rehabilitated his career. Who's Michael Rooker? John Doe from Guardians. Oh, uh, I've met him. Have you really? Yeah, I met the whole cast. Did you do a junket? No, I. We, we, I'm very special. Um, we had a screening of Guardians Two, um, and it was, was at the YouTube one... space. Oh, you went to the YouTube space? Yeah, where I met uh, Big Dave Batista. Oh my god, I need to show a picture in a minute. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, and uh, I met the whole cast, said hi, but it was the weirdest thing in the world because it was just like we were all there having nibbles and drinks or whatever, and then a door opened and they just wheeled the cast in for us all to say hello to. And then my friend Mike really charmed over Zoe Saldana, and I remember it being the weirdest thing in the world. I was just watching, like, what is happening exactly? But yeah, I went to the oddest screening of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, I went to it at the um. The O2 Apollo. Oh, in the, in um, Shepherd's Bush. The premiere. Yeah. Oh wait, the Shepherd's Bush Apollo. The Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah, the Hammersmith Apollo. Sorry, I do apologize. There, there are two. Which, well, the, yeah. the Shepherd's Bush Empire. Come Shepherd's on, Bush though. Empire. Hammersmith Apollo. I was trying to think what it was, and I was like, it's definitely the Apollo. It's <laughs> the Apollo. And I went to Shepherd's Bush. No, I didn't. I went to Hammersmith. You did. And it was the oddest thing because they did it like it was a gig, so they were selling like gig T-shirts for <sighs> it and like merchandise yeah. you can go and buy. And I bought a gig T-shirt for this gun. And it's basically just got the awesome mix volume two cassette. Yeah. And on the back, it's got like the tour dates and it's all the planets that they Great. visit. And then it ends with the Hammersmith Apollo. That's cool. We uh, like London. That. We stand. I thought it was very, very cool. Although it was weird because they also had like a DJ set. Yeah. But we were all sat in our seats ready to watch a movie. So it was just a DJ playing to sat people. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody put your hands up. No, seriously. Um, do you want to see a funny picture? I'd love to see, see a brief picture. picture. Great audio content and visual content. I'm going to show. I'm going to show. Okay. And I'm going to describe. Do you remember the night Brexit happened? I do indeed. Well, I was in America. I, mean, I was asleep. <laughs> I was in America at VidCon. Uh, and I got drunk. Very drunk. Very, very, very drunk indeed. In fact, so drunk that I woke up the next day with a three-day hangover. It really lasted. An Ollie Davis special. Uh, and I woke up to see a picture on my phone. Um, and then all the memories came flushing back of me with Xavier Woods. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, everybody. That's me and Xavier Woods just hanging out. Um, you and with I your remember, faux hawk as well. Uh, it was, well, it wasn't supposed to be. It was just a little quiff, but then I was really drunk, Luke. That is real. Can, like, I'm not behind those eyes. That is real 2005 Miz vibes And right I there. remember, yeah, well, I'm, I, I, I style myself like the Miz in 2017, <laughs> big time. Um, I, uh, I remember all the memories came flooding back, and I believe the exact words I had were... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Xavier, for your immense sacrifice. Because <laughs> the wrestlers really put themselves through a lot for us. They do. Uh, anyway, that's a, that's a little tangent. When I went to the uh, the YouTube Christmas party a couple of years ago, it was me and Ollie went in 2019, and uh, uh, we, we were just chatting with this guy who was he was just about to start university. Yeah, and we thought we you know we're pretty we're pretty big. We've got 
seven at that point like seven hundred thousand subscribers Goodness. we feel pretty good you know we feel pretty high up in yeah. this place this kid who was you know about to start his, he just told me he's about to start his second youtube channel because he'd sold his first one for lots of money amazing and then used that money to buy a hydraulic press and he was just filming himself crushing things in this hydraulic press in slow motion that's a big industry and it was and it was like and it's paid it's paid for me to go to university yeah. and i said to one i was like we're in the wrong game oh, like, absolutely we are doing everything wrong on youtube yeah. we are doing Every single thing we've done on YouTube has been 100% wrong, which is why I have been pitching for the last three years to buy a hydraulic press or to rent one and do a video series called The Squash Match. Oh, that's very funny. Thank you very much. Um, we just get wrestling merchandise and we crush it. You could say that that kid was crushing it. Riot DR said, I believe Dexter Lumis is perfect for dark comedy segments. Sadly, it looks like there's no real end game in sight. Mm. Miss seems to be cursed to be in storylines with potential that just ends poorly. Cough, Shane McMahon. Cough, jokes work with a punchline. Just any form of direction. Uh, I think it's, 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 it's anonymous raw GM. We'll start this thing. Oh, it's intriguing. We have no end game. It's the wor worst example of don't it. Don't give me a storyline well, unless the you great, know The going. best example of it, but I don't The best example it. of the worst thing. Yes, thank you. You saved me. Uh, why did Bobby Heenan's commentary work, but Corey's is not quite right? Why has Asuka been relegated to official holder of important items? Why are they planning Braun versus Omos? I don't think I want that. Anyway, love you guys. Jam that jam. Yeah, Asuka was holding the, the title belt, and I did cut to her, and I was like, oh, remember? Yeah. Um, I think the difference between Corey and Bobby is very much that Corey seems mean-spirited, whereas Bobby... But Corey seems like he thinks he's better than you, whereas Bobby, Jerry Lawler, the best kind of heel commentators, you see they're a bit snivelly. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Jerry was so good at so like good. sucking up to the boss. Yeah. The boss doesn't even acknowledge that mm. they're there. Yeah. But he's just like constantly sucking up to Vince McMahon and yeah. you know the regime, the regime and all this sort of yeah. stuff. Like I, I thought he was so so great at that role because I've been watching all the two thousand rules. Yeah. Every, without fail, every single week. Too cool. Hand Rikishi some sunglasses, and he dances. Yeah. Every single week, without fail, Jerry Lawler says, "What's going to happen now?" Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, mate. <laughs> He's so good. It was such a good time in our lives. Uh, ben says, "Hey guys, who do you think has been hurt by the Triple H era? Ooh. I think it's been Corey Graves because you can see how much he needed Vince in his ear way more than any other commentator thought." I don't know. Think I agree with that. Yeah, because I think Corey's been relatively quite good i also think he he faces a lot of the same criticisms he has now as like that he did then do you know mm -hmm. what i mean um yeah i don't know i don't well, that's a good question though because i think there's been a lot of good you know mm -hmm. i i, I, I just, oh, it's like who even vince's <laughs> pet, pet picks have been given a different direction i was gonna say like amos isn't on tv as much as he once was and mm. he is just doing the same thing he did during the vince era beer mahan is sort of nowhere oh yeah to be well seen. he wasn't ready and he had that one week run um so I guess some of like those projects probably haven't like like mm. even Austin Theory I think has survived. That's it what I mean. He's been, well. he's been repositioned rather yeah. than. So I uh, it, it's a good question. It's definitely something I'm on the lookout because I am conscious that even though we have having a lot of these overlapping storylines, does that then even with a five hours of television create less space for other people? Yeah. At the moment, I don't feel like that's happened yet. So. Legus King says, I got to see Imperium wrestle together on the main roster live show Saturday. It was great. I also got to see a Walter Chop live. It was awesome. Is it still ringing in your ears? Oh, it's so always <laughs> fun to see a Walter Chop live. Yeah. Uh, you never forget your first and you <laughs> there will never be your last. Bacon Rasher. Hey, lads, it's been a while since an ultra chat from me. It's lovely to hear from you. So I thought I'd say, did you know that Dana Brooke is still the 24-7 champ and has held it for 159 days? 
Raw was decent, but I still fast forward through some parts. Final thought, LIW for life. I don't think anyone has remembered that Daniel Brooke is still 24-7 champ, and that's why she's 24-7 champ. Maybe she's the one who's been hurt the most by the Triple H I, Yeah, she's reign. just gone sort of nowhere. I mean, she had a, she was in the tag title, you know... And lost twice. Yeah. Uh, but like... Yeah, put the, that title in the bin. The twenty four seven title it was dead in the water. It's been dead in the water for years. And it I had a good H three month run. To know that yeah. it's not a good thing. Uh, Cooper Bridge regarding Dan's comment on main event Sammy. Every tenth WrestleMania has an underdog victory for the title, Ooh. so Sammy winning the perform would be perfect for WrestleMania forty. I'd say nudge, nudge, wink, wink. My big thing with WrestleMania forty is that if they go back to new because uh, Vince didn't want WrestleMania to sound old, but now we can have nice things again. So. Um, if they go back to not only numbering them, but they go back to Roman numerals, it will be WrestleMania XL. That's nice. Yeah. So they do it in a massive stadium. They try and pack it out over two nights. Biggest WrestleMania ever. I'd be, I'd be all about it. It'll also be the year I turn 40. Are you I, as old as WrestleMania? I'm as old as WrestleMania. Love that for you. I, however, won't. So I've already turned 2000 at one point. <laughs> well, how, did you enjoy your X7th birthday? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, the Guilty Hat. Professor Dan is the true voice of the voiceless in WrestleTalk. Not only is he the one who sees the value of the Miz, he started to bring down Luke's anti-Miz agenda. I knew you could do it. We're coming for that third star, Owen. He is a two and a half star wrestler. And I, that's no, fine. No, he, I'm, I get in from the bottom. I, I, I infiltrate by seeming nice, but then I make you like the Miz. I will do it. Don't, voice of the voices. I'm running with that for a long time. I, I'm going to be so smug about that. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because he is... But honestly, I've got my lot with the Miz. He is bang fine, and that's okay because when that's he what retires, you need them. My, my work... Oh, I mean, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. When he retires, you will shed great. a tear, and that I will be really my finest won't. hour. He'll have his... Because like, in two years' time will be his like 20th year in WWE. Yeah. And they'll but, do this but how can you not respect someone who started by doing this and being dreadful and doing pranks on people and is now twice a Grand Slam? He's so good. Yeah, but Dan, I have this about Natalia as well. She's not as good the, as the Miz. There is a difference between being a legend in WWE and being there for a long time. But I think Miz is a legend. I think I don't think it's fair to compare him to Natalia. I don't. <laughs> I, I think, think it's Miz actually apropos. Every, I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> he is. As my, as my new thing, he's the male Natalia. Look, I'm you are wrong, and I'm preparing you a PowerPoint presentation. Because I'll tell you what, she, I think she's also won all the belts. I'm pretty sure she's some sort of Grand Slam champion in the women's division. And NXT champion. Neither's the Miz. Yeah, right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, you're wrong. No, Natalia, Natalia is not someone you can because Natalia doesn't have that same. She's not as skilled character-wise as the Miz. She's an incredible technical wrestler, has banger after banger, but she's I not. Think that's a I think she's great. I think she's also bang fine. Ah, oh, fine, whatever. You just you wouldn't know good wrestling if it slapped you with the what's his move called? <laughs> the skull crushing finale. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so afraid. It's a good job I'm here. Oh, Hello, with my, mind all the work. With I have my, to start again. With my anti-Miz agenda that I've got, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Fable of Tommy with this brush that I've got this anti-Miz agenda because I do. just think he's okay. You're wrong. Uh, and lastly, uh, Lou here says, not going into details, but After Dark really got oh. through the got me through these past couple of days. Shout out to the B-hole community. <laughs> and Luke saying the P word. <laughs> you guys are a consistent joy in an inconsistent world. Love you all. Bless. Uh, nice. A couple of other chats that have come through. COB said Tegan Knox to be the fourth member of Damage Cutrell. 
we more I remember the that. war games with Tegan and Dakota well, Kai. I know, but now we've got to write that wrong. Yeah. We've got to get Team Kick back. There you go. I'm into it. Uh, and I like Team Kick. That's good mm. wrestling, I like. Uh, AJ should only join if the Good Brothers are not returning. Feed your head. Feed your head. Mm. Uh, Dog on Mad says, Why has Finn not played his That Was All Edge card with AJ? Obviously, it wouldn't work, but I still think it should be mentioned because of Edge and uh, Edge and Finn used to team with together to fight up against the Judgment Oh, they Day. did. Edge and, Edge and uh, sorry, um, AJ and AJ Finn and, Finn, yeah. and Liv Morgan, which yes. they get, again, in the nightmare commentary we're having on this particular show, at one point, I think Jimmy Smith was like, it went on for ages, and Corey was like, it happened once. <laughs> Uh, and Jack Farrow said, thoughts on the injury angle, uh, thoughts on an injury angle with Jay. Sammy steps in to defend the belts under free belt rules and kills it every week. Jay gets so annoyed that he ends up costing them the belts. And that is the fall of the bloodline. I'm not mad about that suggestion because I am looking for ways that um, you can, I mean, how do you split the titles unless they're going with one champion? I mean, I, and I believe the... Um, the networks want separate champions so how do me you, too well me yeah me too how do you split the titles the idea of some form of free bird rule and, and 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 that's a really interesting way of causing the bloodline to break from within rather than it it being i, I don't know i'm curious that that uh, that's that's got me thinking i'm gonna be thinking about that for a little while i like that well do you know what's got me thinking dan i don't pressing the subscribe button as well as the thumbs up button on this video because thank you so much for watching this episode of the WrestleTalk Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and spending your hour and a bit with us. Sorry, I want them to do all of those things, subscribe and like, but that was the weakest segue we've ever done. I wasn't proud of it. No. No. I mean, I was, I did, I started it thinking we had a sponsor for this episode. Yeah. And then re remembered that we don't. Snapchat. The sponsor for the episode is you. Push Tucker. Uh, please uh, do head on over to other videos on this channel because that also helps us out in the algorithm. Thank you for spending your hour and a bit with us. Sorry we went slightly long today, but we just like spending time with just you. Love you. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with the AEW Dynamite review. Quite the card they've mm. got for Dynamite this week. Bandido is wrestling Chris Jericho. Okay, 2022 continues to surprise and I'm here for it. Then on Friday, it'll be the Blackpool Content Club where we are going to be talking about the Malachi Black situation, mm. the Buddy Matthew situation, and how wrestling media covers wrestling news. We thought that'd be in how meta. Well, that's what we thought. thought it's meta. We, it's meta, that. It's a bit meta. I know, I've seen I've it. I've seen it. It's because we thought, from a position that we're in, we could talk about this openly mm. and kind of sort of share some thoughts about that. So mm. please do join us there on Strong. Friday. And then Pete and Tempest will be doing the SmackDown review this coming Saturday. But until then, I have been Luke Cohen. That has been the Professor Dan Layton. And that was wrestling. Jam that jam. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.